The Silly Goose Gang Podcast. And we are back in. Episode 75 it is. Episode 75 we've made it to with Nature and Arthur. Uh, Orchard, beg your pardon. Fucked up already, man. Shocking. But we're going to keep going. We don't care. Uh, 10th Planet Black Belt out of uh, 10th Planet Seattle. So, Nathan, thanks very much for joining us this evening and this afternoon, your time. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here today, boys. I am interested uh, in your T-shirt and the art behind you. Oh, oh, oh it, says, it says, white belts don't spaz on me. <laughs> nice. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you're allowed to say that anymore, but uh, I agree. <laughs> There's only so many times you can get kicked in the dick by white belts without having yeah, to say, exactly. "Dude, most dangerous." They're the most dangerous. You know? Yeah, we we were actually talking about that um, the other morning at the gym. We were talking about how many young guys that are still young, dumb, and full of cum and refuse to tap. Yeah. When their arms about to explode, their heels about to explode. So you let it go because you don't want to ruin a guy when they're just recreational and they've got jobs. And they go, "Oh, I escaped that. I pulled out of that, dude." Yeah, yeah that's the worst. They think they've escaped. So, so how long have you? How long have you guys been doing jujitsu? I've been training about four, four, four and a half years now. Yeah, I'm six, six years. So blue yeah. purple um, belts. What? Uh, well, we've our setup um, is our uh, professor is he's a local guy, but he's actually in Taiwan. A guy called Dan Reed, okay. and uh, so yeah, can't get promoted. It obviously, hasn't been able to come back. I got you. Um, because of COVID. So yeah, we're still on still on blue belts, but um, yeah, probably when Dan comes back over, we'll be. In fact. I know that he has already told me that I am not getting a purple belt till I win something as a blue belt. So, (laughs) which is fair, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Sarah? How long have you been training in total now, Nathan? Well, um, I guess I really started martial arts when I was, I mean, I I consider uh, wrestling martial arts. You know, I started wrestling when I was like 12. And then I had my first MMA fight when I was 16, actually. And um, I'm 33 now. So my first MMA fight was in 2004. So fucking long time ago now. And um, yeah, so man, I've been on the mats, you know, doing stuff like that, like 21, 22 years, you know, between wrestling, my MMA training, striking and jujitsu. I've, I've dedicated myself purely to jujitsu for about the last 11 years or so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time. So yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I boxed for about the same time before I done jujitsu. So like six years boxing now. Uh, six years to get to, so um, nice. that's good. The body's all body's all fucked up, <laughs> everything hurts. I'm 37 and everything hurts, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's awesome. What's the what's the paint behind you? Oh, this one will be a right shoulder, yeah. That's actually a, a Cleopatra painting, and it's on some really cool, like I don't know, reed paper. Oh, okay, papyrus, yeah, papyrus. There you go, that's it. Thank you. And and my daughter's name is Cleo. So we, uh, we, okay. we named Cleo after Cleopatra, of course. So I wanted yeah. to, to name my daughter after a, a powerful woman. So I think Cleopatra is probably the, the most powerful woman to ever live, maybe. Yeah, definitely. It's um, to, to go off topic already, like Egypt's something that I'm fascinated by. We've tried so hard to get an Egyptologist on, but we haven't had any success yet. Oh, yeah. That's so be, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That's some cool, cool, fascinating stuff for sure. Yeah, definitely. So um so yeah what's um 
what's your what's your favorite? I mean, I know you've done some combat jiu-jitsu. Do you prefer combat or just regular? What's your? You know, dude, it's interesting. Yeah, I've done so much combat jiu-jitsu within the last. I mean, there hasn't been an EBI since 2017, I think. Yeah, and um, and so I've done four combat jiu-jitsu since then. And come to find out, I think I'm actually better at combat jujitsu uh, because yeah. be, be just because, you know, my MMA experience. And I do think that I am uh, have a, a talent to, of mixing the striking with the grappling, you know, even, mm-hmm. even though I'm not like going for knockout hits. I just know how to mix it up enough to freak guys out enough to kind of let, uh, you know, let their guard down or, or, or get get, you know, uh, overwhelmed with the strikes to where I can pull off a submission. So I think I'm probably better at combat jujitsu but um yeah. I, oh, I'm, I'm i'm more passionate about just jujitsu you know yeah, yeah. it's such a uh, I, I i you know i'd love to try some combat jujitsu if we have one in scotland i'd love to try it just from it, you know it, i like just, hitting things yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different take on uh on everything you know i mean it does keep you more honest i like that yeah, yeah. for sure why yeah uh, why hasn't there been an ebi for a while uh, just because Eddie wanted to really build up the combat jiu-jitsu scene. You know, I think he said something to the effect of uh, he wanted to establish a champion in each combat jiu-jitsu weight class before going back to EBI. So I think he's done that. Okay. And I mean, honestly, probably by popular demand too. You know, people love EBI. You know, yeah, I know I, sure. I, I, I'm so stoked to get back, man. It's like, it's my favorite tournament just because it's probably what's made my career, you know, the most. And um it's just an exciting show, you know. We're gonna go down to Cancun again, and yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, I think when you've got the like the best grapplers in the world, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how things become. Like I don't know if it's just atmosphere or the way they're put together, or I don't know how things become that like the pinnacle. But um, that seems to be the one to me that you know having an EBI belt would be the coolest. Yeah, man. I mean, I think you know, besides ADCC, of course, you know, ADCC yeah. is just the the ultimate but i think polaris and an ebi and um i mean who's number one is cool but it's not i don't like the rule set as much i would do it you know but i i, I tend to like submission all stuff more you know at points yeah. it's not doesn't get me going but um yeah. but you know it's just um, not fun, you know but anyway that, those are my favorite shows yeah there's, there's um there's a submission only competition that's gaining popularity in scotland uh, SGI and uh, it's gaining popularity and it's it's there's been some pretty uh, one of our last guests Owen Lively um, yeah, an English guy who was a, a Commonwealth judo champion and now he's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and he's he's really fucking people up um, and it's so exciting you know but there's you know, like you're saying you know points jiu-jitsu I understand it's you know very traditional and it's yeah. you know let's get to side control and let's get to mount and who nobody really wants to watch that <laughs> yeah i mean entertainment value it's just not as much you have to be like a, a jujitsu fanatic to like care that much but like the lay person doesn't care but dude i would love to get out to scotland and compete in that show i've been to scotland a few times i mean my last name of course orchard uh evidently it started as urquhart which oh, okay, uh, okay okay yeah, yeah. that makes sense uh, and my big red beard you know what i mean so Go go back and compete in in the the motherland there. That'd be that'd be a cool thing someday. I uh, think uh, there would be absolutely no problem in uh, 
in in you getting a, a spot. Um, <laughs> I think I think they would love that. You know, have a, a you know a high level tenth planet guy. Yeah, I would do it. <laughs> yeah. You've also you've also continued the standard trend of Scottish people when they emigrate from Scotland, go to somewhere equally as cold and wet and yeah. miserable as Scotland. Uh, so you've yeah, gone up yeah. Pacific Northwest. They go to the yeah. South Island of New Zealand rather than the North Island, which is the tropical one. We go to Canada, Nova Scotia. We don't like somebody. We're too like you see. We're too ginger. We're too red. We're too <laughs> peely wally. Skin falls off, so Seattle that looks like the place to be. We don't want that Southern California sunshine. Yeah, no, come on out to Seattle, guys. You'll, you'll love the rain here, it's great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, how is that? How is life in, in Seattle? Life in Seattle, you know, obviously it was a lot better before the pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. um, it kind of just screwed everything up. And I mean, that it's we're not in any special situation, everyone's kind of screwed up everywhere. You know, but, uh, you know, I grew up in the country, you know, I'm kind of a country kid. And so living in the city has definitely been like a really huge change for me. I mean, I lived in Portland before I was up here in Seattle, but um, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm ready to get back out into the country. You know, I want to live that yeah. country life. I've got, um, I was going to say, actually, I got a family ranch in Wyoming where my granddad uh-huh. raised um, Red Angus. So there's, uh-huh. you know, and um so anyway, I want to get back out to Wyoming and build a uh, build a training facility there and a, a podcast room and have people come out for camps because it's very remote and it's very uh, high elevation training, you know. So yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I've got a vision for what I want to do in the future and it probably won't awesome. take the city. So that sounds amazing. Yeah, that's the kind of place where uh, you know if I'm ever allowed to travel again, it would be like. That sounds fucking awesome. Head out to Wyoming. Cause I, I know a girl. Um, uh, she's she's kind of local actually. She married a guy in Wyoming, and uh, she lives out there now and loves it. Um, it's an incredible real, place. Yeah, real remote and just beautiful, beautiful place. So that would be awesome. Um, yeah, it'd be cool to. to they, they, these are the parts of America that I would like to visit. Like I don't have any interest in. We talked about it just recently, like yeah. Florida. I don't really want to go to Florida. I don't really want to go oh, to LA. No, I want to go to Florida. <laughs> we yeah. genuinely said to each other at least three or four times a week some Florida man things from Instagram. Florida yeah. man, you know, sticks cup up his bum and farts yeah. on his wife's mother. Some you just think, what the fuck? It's wild, man. It's wild. Man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's um, got heat, you know. Oh, it must be. It must be that heat and humidity drives people crazy. Eh? There's yeah. no other ways. But it was like I saw a story not related to Florida man, but I saw one because Australians are all crazy as well. Uh, <laughs> and there was a guy who had found a spider living in his car, and at the time it was six inches across. And he decided rather than get rid of it, he would let it live in the car. And it literally had a picture of it covered. You know, like the the visors that pop down. Oh, it no. literally covered the visor. It was like fourteen and a half inches across. And he said, it's great because no one wants to get in the car with him. He says, but the downside is he's nearly totaled his car twice because it just <laughs> runs along the roof and falls onto his lap as he's oh screaming down the freeway at 90 mile an hour. And yeah. you're like, why? Why would you even do that? A big huntsman spider and allow it to live in your car. Yeah, Florida. Oh, boy. Yeah. So. <laughs> crazy bastards. All crazy bastards. So I need to ask you, Nathan, sorry, because one of the things that I use a lot, and I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but I use the Dare Dorchard a lot because I'm kind of long in range. I'm like six foot three and about 195, 200 pounds neck of the wood. Well, like a 35 inch inside leg. So I like using triangles. And then I've since started using the Dare Orchard. 
So where does that come from? Because depending on who you talk to or what you read on the internet, some people say, oh, it was, it was Nathan. Some people say it was Jeremiah Van. Some people throw out um, of uh, Chambers. Sorry, I've forgotten. Um, Kyle Chambers. Stephen Chambers? Kyle, Kyle Chambers. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey. You know, it is called the Dead Orchard. Um, Eddie Bravo named it after me. Um, it was, uh, let's see, I was a, I was actually a blue belt. Or no, 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 I was a white belt. I, I, I was unaffiliated with 10th Planet and I wanted to get affiliated. So the criteria back then was to um, post like 15 matches uh, wearing 10th Planet gear, using 10th Planet techniques. And, uh, and I needed to get 15 wins. So I start that process and about a year into it, I face off a, uh, at the time he was a purple belt. Now he's a third degree black belt, Mike DeWitt. He's another 10th planet guy in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I had a match against him and I actually got a dead orchard on it. And, and so um, it was not named at that point. And so I went down to HQ and uh, no, no. After that match, uh, Eddie gets online. He gave me my blue belt online, you know, which was like, he's the first, I was the first person he ever did that for. That kind of blew my mind because I was just like this country kid living in the middle of nowhere. And, um, and then uh, I go down to HQ and I have a bunch of test matches. I'm like testing, you know, in front of Eddie and for the whole class sits around and like he puts me up against one of the guys he put me up against was Geo. So anyway, out of seven matches, out of seven matches, I had five, I, I tapped out five of them and had two stalemates. And one of my stalemates was Geo. Okay. And, um, and then I walked away with my purple belt. So I, I, I was a blue belt for two weeks <laughs> and then got my purple belt. But see, this was after 21 MMA fights. Like this was after like yeah. A, yeah. half of a career. So I was very, very seasoned. Um, and then throughout my purple belt, I started hitting dead orchards like crazy. And one day I get on the 10th planet forum and I was like, Hey guys, uh, we gotta, we gotta name this something, you know, uh, two arm triangle arm bar. Like, what are we saying here? You know? And so everyone, everyone throws out all these ideas and, and we're all like, ah, eh, whatever. Eddie finally gets on and goes, basically, oh yeah, that dead orchard was sick. And then from then on, everyone's just like, okay, well, I guess it's the dead orchard now. And it just kind of went there. You know? so it, it actually, I started doing it on accident. I didn't even realize I was doing something different until I started doing it over and over and over again. And then I was like, oh shit, this is, uh, this is unique, you know? And um, yeah, I just kind of went from there, man. And it, it blew up way more than I ever imagined it would. I mean, I got people tagging me and stuff every weekend doing a dead orchard, you know, it's, it's wild. Yeah. I think um, we've spoke to a few 10th uh, Planet um, guys now, and it seems to be like this, uh, the, like, I don't know, if like a culture thing where, um, you know, everybody has a, like the freedom to kind of try things, and I think that, as you were saying earlier on, you know, you like kind of philosophy and all this kind of stuff, and I think all that plays a part in this. You know, it's not a uh, hey, let's go to double unders, let's pass, let's get the side control, let's get down. It's like fuck it, let's try this. What happens if I do this? Well, you this know, I mean, thing in, in you know, I got my brown belt. I got all my all my belts through Eddie. Um, but I would say up until Brown Belt, man, I was completely self-trained in jujitsu. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. like I had no one there telling me what to do or what not to do. So it became, you know, I'd study video and study matches and stuff, but no one was like forming my habits for me. So I was free to just do whatever I wanted, man. I, I didn't, I didn't have like any 
preconceptions of limitations and ideas of what I was supposed to do or not do. I just did what worked. And then it was interesting to me as I like got deeper into the jujitsu culture, realizing like, oh, people are just pretty dogmatic, you know, like yeah. we do it this way and we don't do it this way. And I mean, I, I always tell my students, there's nothing that works every time and there's nothing that never works, you know? Yeah. So, and, and you know what, even if something works one time, I'm going to keep it in my back pocket. Maybe it's not the highest submission or the highest uh, percentage submission or move or whatever, but like, you know, it's, it's just different styles at different times. You know, it depends on who you're fighting. You got to do different weird stuff. And sometimes the, you need that traditional game. And then sometimes you just got to be weird as hell, you know? Yeah. I know. Um, our, our, um, our professor, Dan, uh, he had, he had Craig Jones over in Taiwan before he blew up at ADCC. Okay. And, um, you know, he said he just did all of the things that you shouldn't do, but did them really well. Like he just done all this weird shit that worked really well, and he, he could make right. it all make it all stick. Yeah, um, there is no yeah. right or no wrong, man. The, yeah. the, the, the idea of right or wrong is what like stifles creativity. Yeah, you know, I yeah. And he seemed to think he, he, you know, he did everything wrong but done really well, and then, you know, went to EDCC and like tapped out Leandro Lowe or something crazy. So <laughs> obviously yeah. it works. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Craig Jones is the truth, man. He's he's a cool guy too. Have you? Is that somebody? Have you trained with uh, Craig? I've had two matches with Craig, actually. Okay. In fact, I'm the only person in the world, I believe, to heel hook Craig. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, So, but then he healed, heel, he heel hooked me a year later. So we're one and run. So I'm going to set up a rubber match with old Craig Jones one of these days. Hey, let's get set up in Scotland, SCI. <laughs> <laughs> He's all over. He's all um, over. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, are you guys, like, was there anything within, obviously, because, like, Dan Hard Death Squad was doing, you know, crazy things with heel hooks and stuff. Was there ever like, was uh, has there ever been like a conversation in Tenth Planet to try and figure out their style to try and dominate them? You, you know, I mean, to tell you the truth, man, like I feel like I did a lot of the uh, investigative martyring against that team. Like I fought every one of those guys. I fought Eddie Cummings, Gordon Ryan, Gary Toning, Oliver Taza, Ethan Carlson. Like I have faced almost all of the best Danaher guys. And I haven't done so well against them. You know, I've had great matches, but um, a lot of them tapped me. Not everyone. I still made a couple. But, like, um, through my matches, I feel like I definitely learned their system a lot more. Um, mm. I definitely exposed their stuff to 10th Planet a little bit more. In fact, here, here, here's a funny one. Um, you, know, you guys obviously know the term the honey hole, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that was not a term. I actually coined that term. Right, because I didn't know that the honey hole was also the saddle or 411. And so, um, let's see, I saw uh, Gary heel hooked Boogie, and I think the first EBI with the honey hole inside heel hook. And then the next month, I faced Gary Tonin in the finals of uh, Grappler's Quest Pro in Vegas, and and he did the same thing to me. So I didn't really know what he was doing at the time, you know. And so I watched the video over and over and over again. I figure it out. And I start hitting it on my students, right? And then, and then Eddie comes up for a seminar at my school, and and I'm like, you know, uh, I'm like rolling with, I'm like smoking some dudes with the honey hole, you know? And he goes, "What is that?" And I go, "I, I don't know. I hadn't named it at the time. I on the spot, I go, I, I don't know the sweet spot out the honey hole. It's the honey hole, because funny enough, like I'm obsessed with honey. Like I buy honey by the gallon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just have so much honey in my house. It blow your mind. And every time I travel, like I buy some honey, collect it anyway. So um, 
it's the honey hole. Boom. It's stuck right there. And then Eddie gets on uh, Eddie Bravo radio, which he had at the time and kind of blew up the story. And dude, I mean, like, again, the name just stuck, you know? So I actually once saw Andre Galvao teaching a, a little instructional and he used the term, the honey hole. And uh-huh. I was like, holy shit. Like, how am I living in a world where Andre Galvao is using a term that I coined, even though I didn't make the move up, I just named it out of pure ignorance. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just weird, man. It's, it's been a crazy one for me. Is there, is there anything else that you've named? Like, um, well, I mean, probably not as well known as like, um, other things, but like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like reverse spider web or the ultra Kimura, uh, Gio and I hit it a lot. I haven't seen too many other people hit it, yeah. but, um, Intense planet. I've definitely named. I've definitely named a, cu- a few little things that, like within our, you know, terms we use. But yeah, yeah. So I suppose, what what attracted you to the tenth planet then, Nathan? When you were saying you were kind of self-trained, self-taught, was yeah. it that idea of the creativity and the openness versus the dogma, or what kind of drew you towards that side um, of it as opposed to any of the other? Yeah, definitely. Well, well, you know, definitely. Okay, the first time I ever heard of Eddie Bravo, okay, he was actually commentating on the UFC back back in the day, and it was Eddie Bravo scoring. I don't know if you remember that, but yes, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he'd give his opinion, and I always agreed with him. And I was like, okay, this Eddie Bravo guy, I didn't know anything about him. And then I saw Nick Diaz, Gogo Plata, talking Origomi, right? And and I was like, oh, Gogo Plata. Okay, what's that? So I go look it up and then I realize, oh, it's, I learned it's part of like rubber guard system. And then find out that Eddie systemized rubber guard. And then I was like, oh, Eddie is Joe Rogan's buddy. He's kind of the rubber guard creator. He smokes weed. So he's chill. Like, you know what I mean? Like super open-minded kind of guy. And, and um, so, so then I, I Google like how to get ranked in jujitsu because there's no jujitsu schools near me. And that's when I found the criteria on the, the 10th planet forum of how to get ranked. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, and now at this time, I didn't know that the gi was such a part of jujitsu. I had no idea. I was totally ignorant to jujitsu culture. And so I just like, kind of just jumped in, you know, I was like, cool, these guys are cool. I'm going to like try to get in their little club. And I, I mean, it happened, you know, it happened. I got adopted yeah. in and, and uh, I'm Eddie's 16th black belt. Now he's got over 110 planet black belts you know mm. so um i was kind of in early as far as as far as that goes and um yeah man it just it just kind of all happenstance i i had no idea what i was getting into to say the truth and it just turned out to be like the best thing in my life you know besides my wife and kids you know how, how is um how is eddie on day-to-day obviously we hear him on uh you know podcasts and stuff and uh he seems like a like a in the best possible way like a brilliant weirdo that's kind of how he seems (laughs) i mean look he comes off as eccentric for sure on like social media but no dude eddie is one of the most down-to-earth honest and fair people that i know i'm telling you like like eddie the way he runs 10th planet as a whole um it's just it's just fair dude he's just a great leader and he really really cares about people you know he he is he's not a um look, we're all inherently selfish, right? Like there's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. even a mother taking care of their child, it's selfish. It's just the type of selfishness that like makes everyone feel good instead of just one person feel good. Well, Eddie's that type of selfish. He's the type of selfish that like, it's good for him for sure, but it's good for everybody what he does, man. Like, like Eddie, man, he has changed. He's, I, I can't think of a person who has impacted the jujitsu world 
yeah. as positively in the last five to 10 years, you know, with yeah. the, the, how he blows up the shows and he makes Nogi exciting and how he lets all these guys from different organizations, like, dude, Eddie's just, uh, Eddie's just the man, dude. He's, he's a super cool guy. You know, he went from, he went from being an idol to a teacher, you know, to a friend, you know, and, yeah. and now he's just, dude, kind of one of the homies, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Super no, lucky cool. to know the guy. Yeah, that's super cool. That's super cool. As as Chris said, we've been lucky enough to speak to a couple of Tenth Planet guys, a few guys over here, but um, in one of our very earlier episode ten, actually, of this podcast, yeah. we were lucky enough to speak to Brandon McGaffron, oh, um, yeah. and he said a lot of very similar things. Eh? So that's you know when two people are kind of saying that independently, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, no, it must be it, the case. Eh? Uh, yeah, if you spend any time, if anyone that talks shit about Eddie has never spent time with him. Yeah. If you spend time with him, you can't not love the guy. You know, I mean, he's just yeah, he's just dope. We had uh, we had a, a girl recently from the gym had said to Ali at training once. She was like, "Yeah, I've, I've been watching this guy quite a lot." Uh, was that was that was that Brandon? Yeah. Was it Brandon? Uh, She's like, yeah, I've been watching this guy quite a lot, and uh, he does some really amazing things on Instagram. Like, it's a guy called Brandon McGaffin. Did you know him? We had him on the podcast in episode 10. <laughs> <laughs> We're friends. We're friends with BMAC. Um, the man. Brandon is actually one of the first people who, when I started posting my videos on the 10th Planet Forum back in 2010 or whatever, he's one of the first people that noticed me. You know, he's like, oh, cool moves, bro. Cool moves. And he was like always commenting on my videos. And so we became super tight, you know, and um and so, like, I knew him for years online before I ever met him. And now, you know, I've been to his school a few times, and I, I see him all the time now. You know, he's Brandon's one of the best, dude. He he really is a cool, cool guy. guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nice guy. He's definitely very, a nice very, guy. Very nice another guy. another Scottish heritage guy. Indeed. My girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so what is like? The, how would you describe like your philosophy towards jujitsu? How is it, how do you approach it mentally and physically? Well, um, to me, you know, it's, it's just, uh, I, I look, jujitsu is pattern recognition. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, actually everything in life is about pattern recognition. And I think that I just have the natural ability to see patterns and understand them and build systems off of them. And, um, you know, jujitsu for me, was also very, I mean, probably with, damn near everybody it, it's just very very therapeutic you know like yeah. uh when i when i first really really got into it it was because i realized that i was very like anxious and like even depressed and then and then uh i, I realized one day that whenever i was doing jujitsu i wasn't anxious or depressed you know yeah. so i started to realize oh okay every time i feel bad i'm just gonna go train you know well it turned into i was training all the time and then i was feeling good all the time because it was, you know, it was making me be present, you know, cause, cause depression comes from thinking about the past. Anxiety comes from thinking about the future. Peace is in the present. And so you're very present when you're doing jujitsu. And then when you spend enough time being present, it becomes, it's like a habit. It's like muscle memory. You're just more present more often, therefore less anxious or, or less depressed. And um, so, you know, in a way it was a, a coping mechanism and and then obviously it's an incredibly cool beautiful and fun art um and plus i'm very martial minded you know like i study all martial arts i use all weapons i throw knives archery sword 
Like there's basically nothing I don't do. So um, martial arts is just very much a part of me. You know, it always has been. I really, I can't even help it, you know? And uh, yeah, kind of addicted to yeah. it, really. <laughs> I think um, when you get a gym uh, and you have just a cool bunch of guys, that makes the biggest difference. Uh, you know, we're lucky and we, we train uh, primarily in the morning, um, you know, half six uh, in the morning. Yeah. And that pretty much weeds out the assholes, like, because yeah. no nobody can be bothered to turn up at that time. If you're turned up at half six, you have to be pretty committed okay. um, to jitsu. So we have we are very lucky. Where um, you know most mornings, it's real good jitsu guys, uh, cool guys to hang out with. You know, I always think about things in terms of like, you know, even if you're training with guys or in, in life, like, would you like to? have a pint would you like to go for a beer with that person mm-hmm. and if not yeah, i probably don't want to hang out with them so much you think yeah, that's a good filter do you know what i mean like yeah. whatever it is you know whether you like to smoke weed with that person or take mushrooms with that person or have a pint with that person it's all relevant um and we're lucky to have that kind of environment you know harris at our gym has done a real good job of uh, making sure there's no dickheads um yeah. so uh, you know it's um i think you know me and ali are I'm 37, Ali's uh, 40, 43. So we, as the, the older guys, you try and make sure the younger guys and the new guys all feel welcome. Yeah. And, um, you know. And that's, and that's another thing too about it, man. I, I did realize, you know, because I've been running a school now for, I mean, damn near 10 years. Um, people want to be a part of something, you know? Yeah. Whether, whether, it's, whether it's church or jujitsu or whatever club that they're into, you know, jiu-jitsu is actually the last thing we do in a jiu-jitsu school i feel like you know it's it's actually the jiu-jitsu is the thing we do but it's all about the camaraderie and the connectedness and you know that that's actually what people like even more uh but at the same time i would rather do jiu-jitsu with a bunch of cool people than go ride bikes you know just because to me to me it's more practical you know it's more entertaining uh who doesn't want to learn how to defend themselves and you know it gives you all kinds of confidence right i mean you know it's just yeah for sure the psyche everybody everybody wants to be able to do cool spinny shit (laughs) everybody wants to do cool spinny shit um (laughs) yeah for yeah 100 i I think the the confidence thing is um you know uh, yeah our our gym is running a you know a women's only beginners class and you know we'll share it on instagram and stuff and uh there's a few girls have messaged me just saying, I'd, I'd like to go to something like that. It's so, it's so important, you know, unfortunately for women in 2022 to be able to just defend us. And it's sad that they, they have to, but, you know, they probably yeah. have to. It's probably a great idea to defend themselves. It's, it's nature, man. Like, you know, we like to think we're not animals, but we are. And every animal has to learn how to defend themselves. You know, you look, you look out on the safari, dude, there's lions and hyenas trying to eat things, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, yeah, it really is. It's just it's, it's, it's a, um, a part of life that would be really nice if we were able to kind of evolve past the whole, uh, you know, go go from a perspective of rivalry to cooperation, you know. But we we have this scarcity mentality, so we're all trying to survive. We all think we're separate from each other. Therefore, I need to protect myself against you. When I believe in the reality, the reality of things is that you know we're not separate. You know, 
you are me and I am you. And, and if you sit there and think about it long enough, it really actually starts to make sense. At first, it sounds like, oh, you just have some crazy stoner talk. But but I'm telling you, man, it's, uh, yeah, you, you sit there and, and dive within yourself deep enough, you'll realize, like, there's no separation in anything. And maybe we should treat each other better, you know? Yeah, I think we definitely should treat each other better. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I said this way back when I was, you know, boxing. There really isn't many dickheads in a club where everybody can fight. Yeah. <laughs> it really isn't. Yeah. You only get those dickheads in, you know, in a pub. Uh, you know, and, and, and they, they don't last very long. You know, they, they, if they yeah. do come to jujitsu school, they don't stick around, man. They can't handle it. You know, they can't. They can't. I saw um, <laughs> in very very starkly. I've got two teenage sons. They're now eighteen and nineteen. But a couple of years ago. My oldest boy um, joined us at Jiu-Jitsu, both me and Chris. And when Aaron turned up, Aaron's probably now he's about 5'10". And back then he'd have probably, and he was probably still close to 5'10". And he would have been about, what, about 130 pounds? If that. Soaking wet, yeah. Soaking wet at 130 <laughs> pounds. Like a literal racing snake in his no-key. Yeah. And his younger brother, Logan, is way more athletic than him. Logan's played sports all his days. Logan's never fought in his life. Okay. And one day, the two of them were squaring at each other, like, head to head. And I was like, do you know what? You're old enough to sort this out. I'm just going to stand here and referee it. Yeah. And Logan threw the worst haymaker I've ever seen. He literally <laughs> put his hand in his back pocket and he threw it. Yeah. And Aaron saw it coming and Aaron ducked underneath him and absolutely double-legged him onto his back. And then Logan just did, like, like your T-shirt says, a white belt spazzy up kick, kind of caught Aaron half in the chin. And Aaron just dropped down on top of him. Side control just got the, the cross face across the throat. Logan didn't know what to do. And Aaron didn't even throw a punch. He just controlled him and pinned him down and, like, had nothing. And when I finally separated him, he looks like, what kind of fucking bullshit? What was fucking bullshit was that? And Aaron's like, it's jiu-jitsu. That's the, real, that's, that's the real thing, dude. Like, you know, like, think about it. If, like, on a battlefield way back in the day, if you had armor and a helmet, you know, beating someone to death with your hands would be nearly impossible you know what i mean but like submissions go through armor you know if you think of it that way if you're not using a weapon at that time it's it's the realist man yeah i've just been teaching my nephew who is nine uh you know as 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 little boys do there'd been some fighting in the, the playground at primary school so uh i showed him how to do a takedown and then how to arm bar somebody and then you know, my sister had been saying he had been armbarring everybody's skill. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I hope so. It happens, eh? Yeah. And it's all good, eh? It's all good. It was like Aaron's, Aaron's uh, last day, at, as it turned out, his last day at high school before we were locked down. Uh, the day before we went into full lockdown, the school's all shut. A guy had been talking online that he was, he was an ex-pupil that was coming back to the school and he was going to stab one of Aaron's friends because he'd been having beef on the internet, as the kids say. And the boy basically came back to the school. He lives in Aberdeen, which is, what, about 300 miles away? No, oh, 100 miles away. 100 miles, so. maybe there and back. Anyway, he'd driven all the way down and uh, had came into the school and had ran up to this Aaron's pal and basically had pushed him over. And Aaron said he didn't know if he had a knife, if he had a shank or whatever. And Aaron, like I say, super quiet, super studious, like straight-A kind of student type. 
literally jumped onto the guy's back, rear naked choke him with a body triangle and choked him unconscious in front of like, I was like, stab him civilly. <gasps> and then Aaron just stood up, rolled him into the recovery position and walked away. Again. That's Again. it, man. I mean, you know, I've been in only two real street fights ever in my life. And both of them, I took their back and choked them out and put them to sleep. You know, like, I don't know. I'd it, love it, to do that in a street fight. Uh, it's so much fun. It was, well, one time this guy was breaking into a store, and I just like just so happened to be driving by in the middle of the night, and and there was like some people trying to stop him. I literally jump out of my truck, and I go take him down, and I go freaking you know I, I I hold him until the cops get there, and we cuff him up and stuff. And then another time I was in a bar in Thailand, and I knew I was at this bar. I knew all the bouncers there, and uh, this guy starts scrapping with the bouncers and. I was just, it happened right next to me. So I just jump on the dude like, and I put him to sleep. And <clears throat> the dude, girls just swarmed around me afterwards. They're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> and then I left because I was like, no, 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 this guy's going to go get his buddies. And then I'm going to have to like, I'm going to yeah, get my yeah, yeah. out here. But it still felt pretty cool. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, uh, I think when, um, when people, you know, like, when you like, I like to fight. Like, it's fun. I don't want to fight anybody. I don't want to go into a pub and fight somebody. Why would I want to? It's dumb. But it's nice to know that if something was like that happened, you could just choke somebody unconscious. And they think, in their head, they think, there's no way Nathan Orchard could really could choke me. I'm the <laughs> toughest guy in the world. Yeah. Well, they don't know what they don't know. 33 seconds later, they're coming back around going, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. No, it's hilarious. Yeah, because the guy in Thailand who I choked out, he went to sleep. I stood up, he gets up and he goes, he starts saying to me, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And I would be, I want to be like, motherfucker, do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm the guy that just choked you out, bitch. Like what? Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the best. Um, just kind of like, uh, what you call him? Uh, Dylan Danis when he got choked out just recently. Oh. That was hilarious. That that's, guy. That's crazy. That, that fucking, he, I, he's one of those people where Obviously, I don't know him. Never met him. I don't know if you know him. He just seems like a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> you know, man, it's it's. I have actually hung out with him a couple times, and okay. I've trained with him before. And in per, like, this is what actually kind of frustrates me about people is when they're in person, they're just totally normal. Okay, just putting on a performance. And, 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 then, and then they put on this weird persona online, and they're just a giant douche online like giant yeah. i do not like dylan's uh online persona whatsoever but like honestly when i hung out with him he was super humble and super chill and just like and i don't really like that often in authenticity like eddie yeah. sure, he comes off as eccentric online but he doesn't come off as a dick you know yeah, no, and, no, i mean no. eddie, eddie is eccentric you know but in, in a great way whereas dylan is totally not the way that i have interacted with him in person so i'm like who, who are you you know i mean look, yeah. most people don't know who they are anyway you know they yeah. they uh identify with what they do you know but you're not what you do you know you are you're something completely else you know but yeah like, it just seems like he was trying to be a conor mcgregor light that just seemed like he was trying to build a name you know but hey, man, the guy's got, I don't know how many followers he has now, but he's got over 100,000 followers on, you know, he's probably making money. So it's like, yeah. 
So who's the dumbass Squawk now? Him. I don't know. I'm not yeah. making him. that Dylan Dennis money. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I see the thing is, I don't have any problem with people being a dick online like he is, but yeah. I think that they should have to back it up, like yeah. Floyd Mayweather did. You know, back in the day, he was a. You know, when when Floyd Mayweather was um was was Pretty Boy Floyd, he was a fuck. He was an asshole, but he backed it up constantly. And I've heard the same things about him. You know, guys, you know, boxing circles who have been out there, and you know, in person, a real nice guy, really yeah. nice guy. But he comes off as an asshole. But well, he like, backed it up. Like Gordon Ryan. Gordon Ryan backs up everything he says. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Same. You yeah. may not like it, but you know, he's not full of shit as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah, he definitely backs yeah, things up. Gordon has also always been respectful. I mean, you know, t- towards each other whenever I've crossed paths with him. But, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I think to, to an extent with, with like Gordon, he just says what he thinks, and yeah. that has to be, you know, to an extent as respected. So if he thinks, you know, you know, if I rolled with him and he went, you know, you suck, but maybe that would hurt my feelings. But if that's what he thinks, then he's just telling you what he thinks. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just everything's relative too. you know, sure. Maybe you suck compared to the best guy who's ever done jujitsu, but like, oh, it's just, it's just all relative. And yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do do you think he's really that good? Do you think he's the best that's ever done? Well, I mean, I I, I think, I think it's kind of like Michael Jordan and LeBron James, you know, it's like, Marcelo is like Michael Jordan, you know. Michael Jordan's not as big as LeBron, you know. It's like a different. It's also a different generation or different kind of, you know, time. But um, like, I I think Marcelo Garcia is one of the best there's ever been for sure. Yeah. Uh, In in modern in our actual time of who's competing now, I mean, gosh, I can't think of anyone better than Gordon. You know. Yeah. Even though I don't even think Gordon is the most entertaining, I think Gary Tonin's more entertaining than Gordon Ryan. You know. Gordon mm-hmm. Ryan just whoops everybody's ass, but but Gary he does crazy stuff that Gordon doesn't do. You know. Yeah, that um Gary Tonin uh, like the scissor entry into uh, an inside heel hook that he did would that have been would that have been ADCC? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was beautiful. incredible. Right? Yeah, yeah, incredible. He moves. He moves very, very well. Yeah. I think um a, a great thing that I heard a while ago um it was when somebody was talking to Mike Tyson. And it was when Vladimir Klitschko was reigning the heavyweight division, uh, you know, and they were asking Mike Tyson, you know, do you think you could beat Vladimir Klitschko? And I, I, you very, very rarely hear people say things like this because um, their ego takes over. But then Mike Tyson was saying, we don't like to admit it as athletes, but, you know, the next generation always get a little better because they improve, you know, strength and conditioning gets a little better, fitness gets a little better, the understanding of you know, supplements, everything gets better. So that they just get better. I mean, yeah. I mean, cause, cause again, they get to build off of the work. Look, I get to build off of the work that Eddie Bravo has done. Yeah. He built off of the work that John Jacques Machado did. And you know what I mean? So really we're just, we're just uh, handing off the baton. You know, it's not yeah. even a competition. Yeah. We're, we're actually trying to look, if the future generation isn't getting better then we are failing as teachers, you yeah. know, it's our job to make sure they're better than us. And if yeah. they don't, then that's because I suck at teaching, you yeah. know, basically. So, yeah. So, I put, you know, we're talking about this to somebody as well uh, last week. Um, you know, I was showing a couple, of, I've got quite a mean, quite a mean armbar. And uh, I was showing a couple, a lot of the, the young guys, you know, because I was doing something 
so I go on, you know, hand that go bone to bone rather than cupping. So go bone to bone. And they couldn't understand why when I, I had them and you know, I was on you know, I had them on their side, they couldn't understand what was going on. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And I showed them and I was letting them do it to me. I said, you know, cup, now go bone to bone. And they were all going, holy shit. So you you know you they now know instead of having to go through all that shit to learn that, they cut bypass it and understand that. Dude, I get some some of my students, it'll be their first year of training, and they're getting I'm handing them nuggets of gold that like I didn't get till I was a black belt, you know, yeah. through through competition and through all this stuff. And it's like year one, you're getting like the dopest dope. Like, must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like um when we first I trained probably about 10 years ago, I trained with a couple of guys, very similar to like you were saying, Kenya, just in a garage, two or three of us, a couple of YouTube videos and just tried stuff out. And one of the guys had a bit of a traditional jiu-jitsu background. Mm-hmm. Um, and he showed the tri- like the straight ahead triangle where, you, you know, you pull down on the head and it's all thigh squeeze. And then about probably about two and a half years ago, our instructor, John, showed the kind of it's probably off Danaher that seems to have kind of popularized it the idea of coming off at the side and scooping the leg and turning off mm-hmm. to go kind of perpendicular rather than straight ahead and when I changed that up and again that was something that you know John's been training what 15 years uh, 115, 115 years. years probably he's an old guy <laughs> shout out to John um but he had always been the same and he's he's not very tall he'll tell you that himself he's about five foot six and he had always been told you'll never be able to do a triangle. And he had gone along to another gym and someone had said, he's built like a chimpanzee, he's got long arms and short legs. And he says, you'd be perfect for hitting triangles because if you get those legs locked, no one's getting out of it. And John had always said, I'm too short. And the guy says, do it this way, come off to the side so you're not needing that. And as I say, I'm quite tall and rangy, but John showed that to me as well. And do you know what I mean? Once I get, you know, like I say, a 35 inch inside leg, once I get that leverage locked up, yeah, no, it's true. It's game over. And it's again, it's that little nugget of it took someone X amount of years to get to that point. But we've got guys coming in, like you say, the first month that's getting shown a triangle and they're going straight to that and learning how to lock up and not be like, I just can't get on pulling the head down and I'm squeezing. And now it's all just mechanical. Come off to the side and kill that and angle. Then you got now, you got these kids who've been training since they were five, you know, yeah. like the Rapolos. So now they're 17, 18. And they've been training for, you know, as long as many black belts and, but they also have the, the youth and all the, man, but yeah, the future, the, the, the future generations are just insane. Just insane. Yeah, and we've got, um, we've got a buddy of ours, uh, we've got a buddy of ours, Nathan uh, Baz, who trains with us. He's a, a purple belt, but probably closer to a brown belt. And he's got two little boys who are, I think they're both 11. Yeah. And those little motherfuckers are a problem. <laughs> genuinely you you know they came they're, they're tiny because you know he's, he's another small guy and they're tiny little guys and you're tiny little boys but they roll with you with zero fear and they legitimately are trying to hit things you're like oh why don't you start to get strong and you grow up use it you know the same idea they've trained since they were tiny little kids trained for years already they're yeah. going to be a nightmare in yeah. five six years time <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's like you look at like Randy Couture, you know, back in his day, he was just the yeah. man, you know, UFC champion. And now, dude, he wouldn't stand up against, you know, yeah. the average MMA fighter, you yeah. know, in my opinion. And uh, yeah. 
yeah so it's gonna be weird when someday i'm just like this this old dude that like used to used to kind of be you know running with the big dogs and now i'm just this old man like all oh, these young guys you know it's, we're all going there you know we're all yeah, heading that's up. going to happen that's yeah. that you totally said yeah. and, and enjoy the this is one of the things that i like about um jiu-jitsu uh compared to boxing because you know you could only get hit in, in mma is the same you can only get hit in the head so many times and then yeah shit's going to go south jiu-jitsu as long as you're training with a cool bunch of guys you can yeah. still compete you know masters five whatever it is you know, way into your 60s yeah that's yeah. pretty cool i, I really like that because you know hopefully you know like yeah hopefully you know I'll be able to do this until the wheels fall off yeah um yeah that's I, was a cool students, thing. It's, I was telling my students it's uh it's not a sprint it's not a marathon it's a death march we're doing this until we die. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. don't hurry, like, you know, slow and consistent. That's the name of the game. You know, don't, don't try to rush. Yeah. And this is, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier. So some of the, the young guys who train with us, some of the white belts and they just will not tap. Mm. So you have this, you have this, uh, you know, decision where you go, do I let them go? And then they think they've escaped it or, you know, cause, you know, or just take their back to choke them because everyone's got tapped with choke, you know. Well, that's it, you know. So I, you know, I'm sort of a heel hook and armbar kind of guy. That's that's kind of my strong points. So they're they're the positions that I, I just find them everywhere. Yeah. Um So you know, Ali will tell you when I get an arm and I've, you know, you have a fight and then once I've kind of pulled it past the point where you can't really do anything with it, I just go and go, kill, let go. I don't need it. These young yeah. guys will not accept that. No. So then you have to let go, and then you do you say to them, "Listen, man, I've let you go. Let you go, bitch. Like <laughs> let you go." But then because they're young and you know hormones all over the place, they think you're being an asshole because you're young, you're older than them. And so yeah, you know it's a it's a strange thing to 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 deal with actually. Um, yeah, I know. To have a conversation with them, you know. And at some point, you just got to just realize that, dude these kids you just can't even teach them at some point you know they'll figure it out they'll figure it out eventually and you also gotta let them just be young idiots for a while it's it's, it's, um, it's more helix it's more helix so yeah. you know if i've got a helix on like you know again ali would attest to this and uh i mean everybody so I'll, I'll get the position and generally just kind of play catch and release i don't have to pull it on so once i've got the position generally you know the, the next stage is throwing throw it over my shoulder and the leg off so obviously i'm not going to do that so you generally catch them so go, ah, i'm not getting out tap cool yeah. but the young guys don't they don't want you know you've got it and you're pulling and they don't want to tap and then you're going if i keep pulling you're going to stop doing jiu-jitsu for a very long time because yeah. this ends with your leg just exploding yeah, obviously i don't want to do that you just, you just trying to find this balance you just got to get it nice and tight and then just stare them right in the eyes. That's what you do. You make that eye contact like, hey, motherfucker, you know right now. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or, or they turn into gators and they decide to roll 14 times yeah. as a The wrong way. Modes. The wrong way. Because <laughs> they've seen it on a YouTube video. Just roll, just roll. You're like, dude, your knees not, exploded. Not that way. Uh, not that firework way. of cartilage and ECL I think, right I now. I think what I'm going to do the next time is I catch something like that. I think I'm going to look at them in the eyes and then just go, Nathan Ord just says hi. So do you guys freak them out recently or anything like that? Are there competitions? Uh, no, so 
They've just came so, back eh, just in the last... They've started back up the last year, so... Yeah. I competed at um, Naga Europe. Uh, uh, when would that have been? 2019. 2019. So 2019. Uh, so I got a silver in uh, heavyweight intermediate at Naga Europe. Okay. Uh, he looked every, well, he looked everybody and then got fucked up in the final by a German wrestler. And then, uh, yeah, there hasn't been anything since then. Well, there was the last six months but um starting to open up overall uh, what's, what's it looking like over there man yeah it- yeah yeah we're pretty much at the point now where we've opened most of the things back up all our social distancing are back disappeared again we're back training above the radar rather than below the radar which obviously we haven't been doing at any point for the benefit of the fbi listening um but there were definitely times where we were but now we can actually do it and we can post pictures um but other than that everything's i say back to normal back to this weird normal that we're in now where everyone's accepted it's normal where we're wearing masks and walking about everyone's just pretending as if the masks do something and you know i mean we're all just yeah no no one wants to be called a science denier no one wants to be called you know whatever else so so everyone's just like playing by these stupid rules that like i do i look in the grocery store right because here in seattle it's people are really they're really into it as far as wearing masks and stuff, but there's no social distancing. There's no, there's, but we're still wearing masks, you know? And it's like, look, either follow all the rules or don't follow any rules. But this, this in-between thing, like, yeah, is yeah. what drives me crazy, man, you know? So I don't know. That's why I want to get back. Wearing, um, and, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the stores and stuff, I've been wearing like, um, do you know how you get buffs that kind of go, uh, kind of like, you, you know, for running, you can kind of put yeah. them up and then things. Uh, and I've been wearing them as a mask, just pulling them up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here yeah. And then going to the store. Yeah. They do literally fuck all. They will <laughs> not stop anything. But that's fine. And it's like, why Why are we playing this game? That's it. Dumb. This is it just, so dumb. It just doesn't make sense to me. That's, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. It doesn't. We had, my favorite one, the favorite one that came out in Scotland, Nathan, was we had a spell last October where we started locking down pretty seriously again. And as you know, Scots are pretty well renowned for being big alcohol drinkers. And they kind of banned us from drinking in bars. And then they allowed us to drink in bars again, as long as there is one meter between and all this kind of stuff. But it brought out my favorite term of this whole crazy last 20 months or so. So they put the rule in place that when you walked into the bar, you had to have a mask on. If you were sat down at a table, you could take your mask off. You could, you would have to put your mask back on if you're going up to the bar to order. You could then take your mask down to order so that people could hear you. But this is the best bit. I've not even got to the best bit yet. You weren't allowed to perform what was known as vertical drinking. That's the face I pulled as well, Nathan. So what that basically meant was you could not drink while standing at the bar. You had to put your mask back up, take your pint or chosen drink back to the table to then sit down at the table to take the mask off. If you stood at the bar to drink and a policeman came in, he could arrest you and fine you because you were not allowed to vertically drink. Horizontal drinking, I'm assuming, was okay. (laughs) You know, diagonal drinking, I'm assuming, but vertical drinking dude yeah and, and, and then the problem is like you know i look there's good cops there's bad cops but look any cop that would enforce that is a fucking asshole you know what i mean like come on yeah. like 
you can't well it's i'm just doing my job you know a lot of people did a lot of bad shit just because they were doing their job you know so so man yeah. like we just we just got to yeah. fucking think for and ourselves I, and you know what i i i use this example uh, you know to people quite early on and you go you know not everybody in nazi germany was actually a nazi they just went along with it and they ended up being fucking nazis but they didn't necessarily agree with it just they, they didn't say anything contrary right they just kind of let it happen yeah. too you know so yeah so basically we got to we locked down march i think by the end of may you know i had looked through a lot of numbers and just you know was looking at what was happening uh, and by may 2020 uh we basically had been locked down for three months you know, I'd yeah. messaged John back and just said, do you want to just roll? Should we just roll secretly? <laughs> yeah, cool, let's do it. And then we just started trading. It was completely illegal. And um, yeah, because I had looked at numbers and went, oh, this seems like bullshit. This... And I, the, the one that got me, at the, and the one that got me and made me laugh at the time was, you know, looking through deaths by categories and ages. And by that point, there was more people had been killed in my age bracket from things falling from roofs that had died from COVID. And I just went, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, let's just roll. Fuck this. Oh, and uh, yeah, we just, we trained the whole time. Didn't stop. Same. And nobody same. died. How, imagine that. Isn't that something? Isn't that <laughs> nobody something? died. And that's the thing, dude. Like, basically, worldwide, jiu-jitsu guys were still doing jiu-jitsu. You know, everyone was secretly training. <laughs> and uh, I mean... I don't know. Like, I know people have died, but like, dude, I've almost died multiple times from different sicknesses in my life or whatever. And I didn't expect the world to shut yeah. down for it, you know? And, and like, you know what, what there's like a, a Hicks and Gracie quote that's something like fear doesn't stop death. It stops life. It's like, dude, we're all going to die. Yeah. We're all going to die. Would you rather live a hundred years 100%. in a prison cell or 25 dope years? I'd go for 25 every time. Like yeah. I just, you know, and, and the, thing, the, the more you're avoiding death, the less you live, man. And so fuck that. <laughs> I, just, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've signed up for, for, um, so I like doing triathlons and stuff, like crazy extreme triathlons and stuff. And, you know, I've signed up for marathons uh, in Scotland to run over mountains and, you, you know, you cross ridges and stuff, tiny little narrow ridges. And, and, and in the sign up, when you, you sign it, there's a disclaimer that says, this race may result in serious injury or death. Yeah. And you have to sign it. And it's like, cool. Okay. That'll take, yeah, that's fine. You know, we, we regularly jump in, uh, in, in locks and, you know, I've swam in horrible lock water and, and you know, swallowed it and it's all full of dead dogs and shit. Like, <laughs> cool. Didn't kill me. This isn't going to kill me. Let's yeah. crack on. Fuck it. But, you know, but hey, you know, like, ultimately life, life is going to kill us. So fuck it. You know? Yeah. Like, no, and, no you know, this is something that I'm... That, this is something that I say to people regularly, and it's like, and I, you know, and it's a, uh, I've, I've shared it so many times on uh, on Instagram, and it was a Henry Rollins quote from from being on Rogan, and it was just like he was saying, you know, he wakes up every morning with the, the Grim Reaper's scythe, you know, he can hear the Grim Reaper's scythe swinging by his ear, and he's just like, you know, all we're getting is older, you know, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be, like he was fifty nine at the time. You're gonna go shit, damn, that was fast. Because yep. it's you know, I don't, I'm sure you can remember it at school when people would tell you, um, 
you know, time goes past so fast. So before you know it, you've been, and then before you know it, you're 33 going, what the fuck? I've been doing jujitsu for 15 years. How the fuck? And then, you know, in 15 years time, you're going to be 58. Like, fuck. And then you try to tell these young guys the same thing and they don't hear it. And then that's the thing, man. We just, we just got to let it play out to learn these lessons, you know, that like time really let does. Go and everybody, you know, really don't waste it, you it, know. Yeah. You know, people, but everybody, this is what's beautiful about life is everybody finds their own path. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always been late at developing into everything. Uh, uh, you know, I, I wasn't a particularly good athlete when I was younger. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten way better. Yeah. My ability to my ability to learn has gotten faster as I've gotten older. That's it. Because when I was younger, I didn't really care. And now I'm dialed in. I can focus on things. So everybody, and you know, and then you get kids who are, you know, I'm sure you've got young kids in your gym who are phenomenal at 15. You know, I wasn't one of those. Uh, and everybody, you know, but those guys might be burnt out by the time they're 30. Yeah. That's life. Life, life's that's what's beautiful about it. Yeah. Um so crazy. It's like when you get people that say things like where we're talking about our respective ages. Now I've got a friend that was debating about going back to university to get a degree so that they could eventually become a nurse. And they were like, oh, but you know what? See, in five years, by the time I finish that, I'll be 40. And I was like, guess what? In five years time, you're going to be 40, regardless of whether you go and get the degree and become a nurse. So whether you go and get the degree and become a nurse in five years time, everything else, you know, touch wood, you'll be 40 years old. Yeah. So why not be 40 years old with a degree and a career that you presumably love because you spent five years working towards it? And guess what? Even if it turns out it sucks, you find out that it definitely sucks and you know you don't want to do that. Rather be being sat at 40 going, shit, I wish at 35 I'd gone for that. And again, people don't always appreciate that. That that time span, like if someone said to you, you know, 15 years ago, it's going to take you 15 years to get to there. You'd be like, shit, I don't want to spend 15 years. But you do it bit by bit. You know, me and Chris are like four years, six years. You know, if they'd said, oh, it's going to take you four years to get semi-decent at jiu-jitsu, you go, nah, I'm not committing four years of my life to get semi-decent. But you start doing it day by day by day, and suddenly you've accumulated. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it's true, man. It's true. Yeah. What do they say? You know, the best time to start jiu-jitsu was 10 years ago. The next best time is today. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. I like to also think of it like, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? You know, like if we went at things with that perspective, it'd be totally different. It's, it's the fear of failure that actually is the failure itself, you yeah. know? Yeah. So you yeah, just got to do it, man, because uh, time's a wasting. I have, uh, yeah, I've got no, no fear of um, failing. Um, I know there's some guys, uh, and funnily enough, I was actually talking to people about this in the, in the sauna after I'd went swimming it's last yeah. week, actually. And we're talking about a few guys that we each knew and uh, and a couple of guys who were super talented at different disciplines. One guy was really good at Muay Thai, a guy who's you know, been good at jiu-jitsu and boxing and things. And it's like, the, because they were good early, the expectation is like they self-sabotaged mm. by not doing what they should have done. And then, you know, kind of wasting... The talent that they had, and it's so frustrating as you get older to watch that. You go, Fuck, man, you could have done something big, you yeah. know. It's like, you know, it's like, um, I'm trying to think, you know, you know, like a, uh, a Gordon Ryan kind of type when he was younger, obviously quite good, um, you know, but the fear of failure could have killed him, but it didn't. That in itself is to be applauded because something could be good because you, you, you'll know yourself, I'm competing at the top level, um. That's 
there's so much pressure on you. Uh, and sometimes you get scared of, what if I fail? Yeah. Well, you fucking fail, you fail, but at least you tried. But the pressure sometimes gets to people. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Really, really talented guys who are undefeated. And then they get so afraid to lose that undefeated streak that they quit. And yeah. that's the ultimate defeat right there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because you've been quite, it's like even, you know, some people, and again, I don't know if it's an element of because, well, me especially, I'm getting a lot older, you know, I'm 44 in a few months time. But I don't mind if people think I'm an asshole and I look an idiot. You're definitely Because I know I am one. Yeah, that's what I was say, I know I am. Like when we started this podcast, loads of people said, who's going to listen to you? You're an idiot. I was like, I'm going to let you into a secret. I already know that. Yeah. I'm okay with that idea. Or what happens if people think you're an asshole? That's okay. I'm okay with that idea because enough people think I'm not that we can have cool conversations like with people like yourself. Look, dude, here's the thing, man. If If you are afraid to come off as an asshole, that means you are one. Like, look, a, a true humble person doesn't care if someone thinks they're an asshole because they know they're not. But yeah. an arrogant person wants to come off as humble, which is actually false humility, which is arrogance. So anytime I feel myself being like, oh, I don't want people to think that I think I'm the shit. I'm like, no, fuck that. I do think I'm the shit. And I fucking should think I'm the shit. And like, you know, it, it would I would actually be a, a bigger piece of garbage if I was trying to act like something I'm not. So, dude, just like rock it, rock the rock the arrogance, be arrogant, be an asshole, because at least then you're fucking honest. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I I value honesty more than anything. You know? Yeah. So if you're if you're a, a fake honest person, well, that means you're a liar. You know? But if you're a true asshole, hey, at least I can trust you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. No, that's that true. true. That yeah. I think. Age brings that, I don't give a fuck attitude a little bit. Um, especially when you've done quite a lot, you know, in your life. Um, you know, I've done quite a bit. And I, I think you get to the point where you, like you're saying, you go, uh, I think I'm just getting to the stage now with jiu-jitsu where I'm comfortable enough to say I'm quite good. Sure. Do you sure. know, I'm getting to that stage now where I, you know, I, you know especially Nogi, I would give most people um, certainly certainly purple and brown belts a hard time. They might beat me, but you know it's not going to be easy. I'm going to make it difficult. So okay. I'm getting to that stage now where I could say I'm quite good. And, yeah. um, At some point, you, you know, don't need to prove yourself to anybody anymore. Right? I don't, you know, I, and I don't, I don't need anybody to say, you know, this. Or, fuck you, man. I don't fucking need you. I don't need your approval. You yeah. know, like I was saying with doing the podcast. You know, you know, people say, but what if, you know, what if you do it and you know people laugh at you? Fuck them. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? Then we come down and, 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 you know, we can have a conversation about it and I'll fuck them up. It's, it's cool. Like, I mean, I mean, look, just because someone says something, that doesn't mean it's true. You know, yeah. like someone says, Orchard, you suck at jujitsu. Does that mean I actually suck? No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. So it's, you know, all these bullshit opinions, you know, they don't. Yeah, they're just words. But that opinion. You know, they really are just words. Just words. Yeah. And add. and the thing is, as for, you know, uh, you know, just for example, because we're talking. So, you know, if I said to you, you know, I think you suck at jujitsu. That would have to mean that you would have to respect my opinion for that to have any impact on you. So when yeah. somebody says to me, you know, I think you're a dick, cool man, but I don't. I think you're a dick. So <laughs> it's no. I always, awesome. I always, I always quote the movie uh, The Big Lebowski. You know where he goes. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, if, and as you know, as we say, in, as we say in Scotland, 
opinions <laughs> opinions are like arseholes. Everybody's got one. And they all stink. <laughs> they all stink. <laughs> they all stink. And on the uh, on that, I think I think that's the best place to leave that. <laughs> we should just wrap it up there. Absolutely, yeah. We've had you, uh, we've had you for an hour, man. Yeah, so. we've had you for a while, uh, Nathan. So we don't want to keep. Well, you I enjoyed it, you guys. Thank you for having me on. And uh, hey, we can do it again sometime. And maybe I'll get out to Scotland and uh, get if, to if, you guys and go kick it. You know, if, um, yeah. If you ever want to, if you know, if you're coming to compete here, uh, man, I've got a spare room. Just uh, set up, and you can you can crash here anytime you want, man. Like, just before we wind totally up, if we send some people your way, where can they find you on social media, the interwebs, etc.? Anything you want to shout out, sir? Yeah, no. Uh, basically, the my social media presence is basically just on on Instagram, um, Nate Orch Ten P, and uh, okay. yeah, check me out. And then I'm out here, Tenth Planet, Seattle, and um, oh. yeah, come actually, what um, what size of uh, rash guard do you wear? Um, well, I suppose it depends on the company. Usually, like Phalanx, I wear a medium. Certain things, I wear a large. But I would say large would probably be pretty safe. You know? See, I've got some. Uh, I did some. Uh, you know, I've, I've designed a few rash guards, um, and uh, I have a, a Scottish one, which is real cool. Um, oh, oh yeah. And uh, yeah, if, I don't know if you do you know Fletch Carbon. Oh, West LA. Yeah, he's a brown belly dead uh, uh, at West LA. He's got oh, a yeah, couple of, of yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, he's got one. So, what I'll do is, I've I have I only have small and mediums left. Um, yeah. we'll get an address off you, I'll send you a medium out, and if it fits, awesome, medium, dude, I'll rock it, bro. I would, I would, I would super cool. It's um, it's uh, basically it's William Wallace, as in the Mel Gibson version of William Wallace, rear naked choking the Loch Ness monster, it's got some tartan on it and. shit it's pretty fucking cool. So we'll, we'll get an address and I'll, I'll send you one of those out, great, man. man. I would love that. <laughs> um, hopefully it fits. So, um, so yeah, man. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, anytime yeah. Scotland hit us up and uh, we'll get you one of those rash cards out. Right, yeah, just let's do it. Peace, New brothers. Culture. Thanks you guys. for your time. Yep. Cheers. Thank Bye. you. The Silly Goose Gang Podcast.